good to see you, everybody, and thank you. Good morning. I'm just going to pray quickly. Lord, we thank you for your love, for your grace, for your mercy, and everything you've done for us. We just pray right now, Lord, that you take control as we look into your word and your ministry for us. In Jesus' name we pray. A few weeks ago, I was reading the book of Hebrews. And as, as you know, the book of Hebrews talked a lot about the priesthood of Jesus Christ, his present ministry for us. So I just felt like, okay, that's something that was on my heart to share with the church today. So bear with me. I'm a little bit nervous up here, but, you know, God is in control. <laughs> okay, so our text, I don't know if you can see it on the screen there, is from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, to chapter 5, verse 10. So I'm going to read it loud. The translation of the Bible that I'm using is the New Living Translation. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced all of the same testing that we do, yet he did not sin. So, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Every high priest is a man chosen to represent other people in their dealings with God. He presents their gifts to God and offers, offers sacrifices for their sins. And he is able to deal gently with ignorant and wayward people because he himself is subject to the same weaknesses. That is why he must offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as theirs. And no one can become a high priest simply because he wants such an honor. He must be called by God for this work, just as Aaron was. That is why Christ did not honor himself by assuming he could become high priest. No, he was chosen by God who said to him, You are my son. Today I have become your father. And in another passage, God said to him, 
You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest, and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. And God designated him to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. So in the Old Testament, God gave the Israelites the Ten Commandments and many different rules and regulations about worship. But one thing that I remember, for example, when the Israelites were at Mount Sinai and God appeared to them on Mount Sinai, the Israelites said to Moses, we can't listen to God. This, too God. this God is too fearful for us. You go to the mountain, listen to God. Whatever God tells you, come back and tell us. So from that time, from the beginning, from that time of Moses, we can see the ministry of priesthood. Like Moses, you know, standing in the gap between the people and God. So we see it from that time, from the time of Moses. Then later on, God chose the tribe of Levi, the sons of Aaron, to serve as priests in the sanctuary, in the temple. So the Levites, they were the only tribe designated in Israel to serve as priests in the temple. So at that time, the people who come to the temple with their offerings and sacrifices and give it to the priest. And the priest will offer their sacrifices on the temple. They do that every year, yearly. But among the priests, they choose a high priest. So the the priests, they enter you know, the picture of the temple that we have from that time is, okay, there is uh, the first room, which is the holy place. Then there is the inner room, the second room, called the most holy place, separated by a curtain. So the priests that offer sacrifices for the people, they can enter the first room, the only the holy place. But the inner sanctuary, the second room, is only the high priest that can enter there once a year. Only once a year. And it's only the high priest that can enter. So the picture that God is giving us in the book of Hebrews, it says that this earthly temple is um, a shadow of the true temple in heaven. So the most holy place 
The picture is that the most holy place is where God is. And it's only the high priest that can enter there once a year to offer sacrifices for himself first because he was also a man subject to sin and temptation. So he will have to, the high priest will offer sacrifice for himself first before offering sacrifices for the people. But now, we are in the new dispensation, the New Testament, a new covenant. And because there is a new covenant, there is a new system of worship that God has put in place. And in this new system of worship, God has chosen our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to be a high priest for us. So that he stands on our behalf before God. He has entered into that place, into that most holy place before God. He has entered on our behalf, on our behalf. So he is there, you know, pleading for us before God. So I'm just going to you know, look through a few points about the priesthood and the ministry of, Christ, of Jesus Christ. And at the end, you know, I'll wrap, wrap it up with, okay, what does this all mean for us as Christians? Because we are in a, you know, God has placed us in this privileged position that we have our high priest. There, he is there. It's not like the, the earthly old covenant high priest that only goes in one, once in a year. He is there continuously, all the time, on our behalf. So that is something of courage and confidence and boldness before God for us. Okay, so the first point I'm going to look at Who is a high priest? And what does a high priest do? So I briefly touched on that already. So in verse 1, I think you, Stephanie, I think you are far too ahead. Can you go back? It says, who is a high priest? And what does a high priest do? Okay. So, in verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 5, and I already talked about that a little bit, it says that a high priest is a man chosen by God. In our text, it says a high priest does not become a high priest because he wants to be, because he wants that or not. No, he must be chosen by God. So a high priest is somebody chosen by God to represent the people in their dealings with God. So that's what a high priest is. And what the high priest does is he offers sacrifices to God on behalf of the people. So the high priest stands in the gap between the people and God. Okay, so the second point, I also touched on that briefly also, is Christ is our great high priest. 
Christ is our great high priest. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, and Hebrews chapter 6, verse 20. So, God has chosen Christ to be our high priest. And he has gone into that inner sanctuary for us. He has gone in there for us. And he has, you know, verse 20 of chapter 6 says, He has become our eternal high priest in the line of Melchizedek. So God has chosen him to be our great high priest. So, the way I look at it, the high priest of the whole testament. You now we have the priest and the high priest. But now, Christ is not only our high priest, he's our great high priest. To me, it's a source of emphasize that Christ is the high priest of all high priests. The great high priest above them all. That's what that summarized to me. And my next point, Christ was chosen by God to be our high, our high priest. Because in our text that we read, it says that a man, nobody can become a high priest because he wants it. God must choose that person. Like he chose the children of Aaron, the Levites. So God chose Christ by an oath by an oath, to become our great high priest. Jesus Christ was not from the tribe of Levi. Jesus Christ, the line of David, the tribe of Judah. So, there is a break in that uh, priesthood that is by lineage of the Levi and Christ. So, God chose Christ to be our grace, I praise by an oath. God swore. He swore by himself because also in the book of Hebrews it says somewhere that, okay, if somebody is going to, you know, in those, in those days, right, in the whole days, if they're going to take an oath, they take that oath by something or someone that is greater than them so that that someone or something can hold them accountable to that host that they have taken. But there is no other one greater than God. So because of that, God took that host in his own name. So that host is binding on God. That God said to Jesus, you are a priest forever. So God, Christ was chosen to be our great high priest by God, by an oath of God. So the passage that we have, that I will just read that verse 6 there. It says, and in another passage, God said to him, You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So let me talk briefly about this Melchizedek. Why did God emphasize that, okay, you are a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Why did God have to emphasize that about Jesus Christ? So like I said before, the 
Old Testament priests, the Levites, they are a tribe. And if you, in the book of Hebrews, Melchizedek was mentioned. He was not from the tribe of the Levite. And when I read the book of Hebrews, Melchizedek was there from the time of Abraham because it said that Abraham went to Baru, and as Abraham returned from Baru, Melchizedek met him. And Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek. And again, it said about Melchizedek that we don't have any record of his ancestors. So he has no beginning. That is Melchizedek. He has no beginning. He has no end. But yet, he was a priest of God. And the Hebrew says, in that way, he is like the Son of God, Jesus Christ. So, Melchizedek was also chosen by God to be a priest, but he was not from the tribe of the Levi. So he was not, you know, he was not a priest by under that old covenant, under the old law. So that's the similarity there between Christ as our great high priest and Melchizedek. Because Melchizedek has no beginning, has no end. They don't have any record of his ancestors. He was a priest, he was a king. So he's not so he was not bound to that old testament regulation of the priesthood just like Christ right Christ fulfilled the law he fulfilled the law but now there is a new covenant and Christ like Melchizedek so his priesthood was without end and without beginning so the that takes me to the next point he says Christ's priesthood is forever and eternal. So I, to me, when I read that, forever and eternal sounds like it's the same, saying the same thing. Then I just thought, okay, let me Google what does forever mean? What does eternal mean? So from what I can see, forever means without hand. But when I look up the meaning of eternal, it says without hand or beginning. So it appears like there is uh, maybe a little difference there between forever and eternal. But the priesthood of Christ is kind of hot up here. I think I'm sweating. <laughs> so the priesthood of Christ, it has no beginning like the priesthood of Melchizedek because they have no record of Melchizedek's ancestors. And it's also forever without hand. So we can count on Jesus Christ being there for us all the time throughout eternity. You can count on that because God chose him to be our high priest forever and ever and ever and ever. And he had no beginning. So he has been there 
the world before and the world after, it will also be. So you can count on the fact that Christ will always be there for you as your great high priest. Okay, so my next point says Christ's priesthood is perfect. So Christ's priesthood is perfect. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 to 9. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest. And he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. Hebrews 7, 28. God appointed his son with an oath. And his son has been made perfect forever. So Christ is our perfect high priest. He has a ministry that is superior to that of the Old Testament Levites. The Levites served in tabernacles made with hands. The Levites served in the tabernacle that is the shadow of the real temple. But Jesus, our Savior, he serves in the real temple. Right at the right hand of the throne of the majesty. That's where our great high priest is serving. He suffered while on earth. He was tempted. He went through the same temptation that we go through. Sometimes when I think about that, I don't understand it. That Jesus went through the same temptation that I go through. You know, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me, but I kind of find it hard to completely and totally comprehend and understand that. But that's what the Bible says. Everything you and I are going through, Jesus went through it. And that's one of the reasons why he is able to sympathize with us and be our great high priest because he knows our weaknesses. Okay, I got to finish up soon. So because of his suffering and what he went through, you know, he became a perfect high priest. He had to go through the sufferings to make him a perfect high priest. That's the way I understand this Bible passage. So he has better qualifications than the Levites of the Old Testament. He's better qualified to be our high priest. All right, my next point, Christ offered himself as the perfect sacrifice once for all. Every high priest, like I mentioned before, goes into the inner sanctuary once in a year and they offer sacrifices. They offer, they don't just go in that inner sanctuary, just 
to, you know, chit chat with God. They go there and they offer sacrifices. So Christ, as our great high priest, also have to offer sacrifices. But his ministry is different in that he offered himself as a sacrifice for us. He did it once, and that was it for all time. He offered his own blood. The earthly high priest, they go in once every year. They have to do it over and over and over and over again. And what the book of Hebrews said is that they have to do that every year because the blood of bulls and goats and bulls is not able to perfectly remove sin. That's why they have to keep repeating it every year and every year and every year. But Christ, his blood, sinless blood, perfect priesthood, he did it only once. And that one time is good enough for all eternity. So don't let the devil or anybody tell you that, oh, you need to do any more sacrifices for your sins. God Christ has offered a perfect sacrifice once and for all, and it's all go forever for eternity. All right, next point. I got three more minutes. Next point Christ pleads our case before God. It's, it's only the devil that accuses us before God, not Jesus Christ. He offered himself for us, he is before God pleading. On our behalf, interceding for us, interceding for humanity. So Christ is in there before God on our behalf. Okay, I'm going to move on. The next point Christ guarantees a better covenant for us. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the whole priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. So we are heirs of better promises. We are heirs of that because the ministry of Jesus Christ as our great high priest for us is based on God's better promises is based on the new covenant. Is based on God's oath, God taking an oath. So Jesus is the one who mediates this better covenant for us. We, as ourselves, because we have fallen nature, we don't have what it takes. Right? Naturally, we don't have what it takes to enter before God and, you know, make atonement for our sin or plead for our sin. No, we don't. We only get that through the intermediary, through the priesthood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for us. Okay, in conclusion, what does this mean for us? So, we have God has placed us in a better position. You know, the, there's somewhere in the Bible that says, I can't remember the passage, but it says that the Old Testament prophets, 
and that even the angels, they long, they were looking forward to understand this salvation that we have. They were, look, they were looking forward to it. That, oh, what is this that God has been planned for these people? Right? They were longing for it because they, can, they, they prophesied it. They can see that this is a great thing that God has in plan for this generation. So, because of the priesthood, the high priesthood of Christ for us, we have been made partakers and beneficiaries of this salvation, of God's better promises, of God's new covenant. So we have been made partakers of that because of the priesthood of Jesus Christ for us. And as we mentioned before, Christ is pleading our case before God. So what this means for us, also in conclusion, is that we have boldness. We have access to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Through what Christ has achieved for us. We have boldness to come before God. And that's why it says that in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 22, let us go right into the presence of God. So we have that promises from God. We have the ministry of Christ. The way has been paved for us. The curtain between the first room and the inner sanctuary, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, his blood, has taken away that curtain for us. And we as royal priesthood, have access to the throne of God. So, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Hold, hold on to this confident trust. Amen. Brother Tom.